Keeping it real with Jerry Lawrence. Word up. I perform in the South. You know, I put on fish and grits and shit like that, you heard? Word up. I perform in the West. I put on. Ain't nothing like a sunny day in California, I am. You heard? Word up. I'm on the East. I'm rocking T O N Y. On the Midwest. I put on a little no limit or some shit like that. Word is born. We got that fire water. Y'all want that water? Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. Clap it up. I know I've been missing. I've been missing in action for about a week, maybe two. I guess it's been about two weeks. Like I said, man, I'm a working man. Schedule's been a little busy. I've been working the overnight shift the last few weeks, and it's just hard making an adjustment. You know, it throws my sleep off. I slept at my mother's house the last probably like five days in a row last week. So my two off days, which were Saturday and Sunday before this week, I was in Orlando. So didn't have a chance to come home and record. Took a week off. Um, I know sometimes the hive is wondering where I'm at. Still haven't come up with a nickname for you guys yet, but uh, we're working on it. And I just want y'all to know that I'm working not working. I'm doing the podcast tonight. It's 12, 13 a.m. I worked uh, tonight, 1.45 to 10 p.m. So normally, I don't like to do the podcast on the day I work just because I feel like it's hard for me to go to sleep after. I don't know why I get excited when I'm uploading it and just knowing it's out there. But my last two days off, which were Wednesday and Thursday, I didn't, I didn't record, obviously. So I felt like I couldn't go another week. And there, I've had so much on my mind. So tonight I was like, you know what? I'm just going to come in here and I'm shooting. I'm just going to shoot, straight shooting. And for those of you who don't know what shooting means, it's it's a wrestling term where it means kind of like, I guess it's not fake. You're going off script. You're, you're going real because, you know, wrestling is scripted. So when they say shoot, that means it's real. It means it's off script. You're telling people how you really feel. And then when it's a work, that means it's it's scripted. It's probably fake, you know. So that was a work shoot. So tonight I'm shooting. Not to say I never, I never shoot. I'm not saying it's always a work, you know, but I'm just saying like normally I have a script when I come in here. I have like my topics written down on a notebook. I have the specific questions I want to ask within the topics. And tonight I was like, you know what? I'm not even doing that. I wrote some topics down, but I just wrote like words, you know, like names, words, whatever. 
and I'm just going to kind of give my thoughts on things, but I'm not, I'm not going to go off of script like I normally do. Like, whatever I talk about tonight is kind of off the top. Wherever the conversation goes, it goes. But I have some things I want to talk about. Before I get to it, I just want to say rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. That was new. That came out, that news came out tonight. Literally, I got home at 11, and I had like three different texts from people, and all I could see on the text were like Chadwick Boseman. So I wasn't sure what it was. I thought it was going to be something about Black Panther 2. So I kind of just, you know, took my time reading the text or getting to it, and then when I finally opened up the first one and I saw the news that he had passed away, man, uh, my heart dropped. Heart sunk, man. It's just sad news. Prayers to his family. Prayers to all the fans, all his fans out there. You know, there's a lot of diehard probably fans of his. And then there's people like me who are like casual fans who don't watch a lot of movies. But we knew about him from uh, he was in the Jackie Robinson movie, the Thurgood Marshall movie, the James Brown movie. And I had heard of those. I never watched any of those. But then, of course, I saw Black Panther. And that was like the first time I really got to see him act. And it was just a magnificent movie, and in my opinion, it was an excellent movie. I, I've heard nothing but positive things about it. I mean, I've, I've probably heard a few people say that they weren't feeling it, but for people like me, the casual fans who aren't real Marvel people, I thought it was just a fantastic movie and, like, keeping us engaged, bringing us along with the story. His character, T'Challa, was amazing. I was rooting for him. I know a lot of people like the Michael B. Jordan character. Uh, he was more the bad guy. The child was more the good guy, but I was rooting for him. I just thought he embodied everything Wakanda was. I don't know how we're going to have a Black Panther Part 2 without Chadwick Boseman. It's going to be very sad. I hope they don't try to cast anybody else as the T'Challa character. Find a way to, to write it out, you know. Send him off uh, respectfully, but I hope don't they don't try to bring somebody else in because I think that will ruin it a little bit for the fans like myself. And like I said, man, I don't really have a lot to say just because it's such a shock right now. He had been battling uh, colon cancer for the past four years, and it, it ended up going to be stage four, and I guess that's when it got, you know, serious, more serious. I don't know a lot about cancer, but from what I've read, you know, stage one is kind of the the regular phase or the first phase where it's not really as bad, and then stage four is kind of where you know things might go downhill. So that part... Yeah, man, it was tough, tough reading that, especially because we as fans didn't know about it. Nobody knew, probably his family and his close friends, but it wasn't something he put out there for the public, which I can respect too, because I know I've had that conversation with my boy Domain, where it's like, you know, if we have cancer, is it something you kind of want to put out there or, or do chemo or whatever, or do you want to just kind of keep it to yourself and live your life? And I don't know if he did any of those things. But just keeping it private, I think that's something I probably would do. I don't know if I'd want all that attention. You know, the prayers are always welcome, but just all the attention. I'm not really the attention guy, even though I have a show called Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence where I talk to you guys and I'm trying to get listeners. But when it comes to, like, private stuff, I don't know. I, I like to keep some of that to myself so I can understand why somebody wouldn't tell people that or wouldn't tell the world. And, yeah, there's not, not much else to say about it, just – Everybody go to the doctor, you know, get checked. I know I'm getting up there in age where I probably have to get the, uh, what is it, the, the colon check. I got to probably get that in the next few years. I think when you're in your 40s, you're supposed to get it or approaching 40, late 30s. So, yeah, it's scary times, man. A lot of diseases out there. 
a lot of stuff that we still haven't found a cure for. And all we can do is just try to live our life to the fullest and just keep God close, keep praying, stay strong. And that's not, I mean, there's not much else you can do. But rest in peace, Chadwick Bozeman. Still early. I'm sure there'll be more articles coming out tomorrow and the days that follow so you guys can can read those. But I just wanted to touch on it early on the show and just kind of give you guys, a, uh, you know, a heads up on it. I'm sure everybody knows by now, but maybe somebody might not find out till they listen to this show. So definitely want to start out with that and pay my respects. Now, the rest of the week for me, it's, it's been an interesting week. Like I said, I've been working the overnight shift um, back to my regular schedule now. So I'm going to try to get, like I said, I, I always try to do these episodes on like Wednesday or Thursday, but now I'm, I'm not even sure if Wednesday or Thursday is the day I want to record. I might just stick to this type of thing where I record as soon as I get home from work on a night, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm still trying to, you know, figure things out. And I think the thing why I don't want to record on the Wednesday and Thursday is because I really like doing nothing on my day off. So like yesterday I was off the whole day and I just, I was home for the most part. I did go take my car to the shop and I came back because they, they gave me a ride back and then I had to go back and pick the car up and I came back again. Needless to say, I drove to work today and uh, my freaking, what is it called? The alignment. My wheel still isn't straight. And that's the one thing I say. I hate getting freaking alignments at these places because when, whenever they like, oh, do you want to get an alignment? In my head, I'm like, no, because they never do it right. I'm like a perfectionist. I can know I notice any little change. So if my wheel isn't completely like straight like it's supposed to be, I'm gonna notice the slightest bit. So as soon as I got that car and drove away, I could tell, oh, this alignment is not straight. And I shouldn't have got it. Something told me not to get the freaking alignment, but I told them, yeah, go ahead and do it. Just because I thought it was the right thing to do. Now I'm gonna have to take my car back next week on a day off and deal with this again. So this is like one of the reasons I don't really like recording on the days off. Because I just need some time to myself. I need to relax. And like I said, I take like one day to myself where I don't do anything. But um, just sit around, watch TV. Probably try to holler at girls on uh, the dating websites. And go on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. But it's just it's time for myself, man. Whatever you do in your, your time on your unwinding is up to you. There's no rules to this. So don't shame me if I want to go on um, the dating websites on my day off. Because I know some of y'all probably listening right now like what is this man talking about but look it's my life that's what it is oh i do want to mention next week all right next week i think we will have kayla smith sorry if i wasn't supposed to say your last name kayla smith live in studio a lot of people have been asking about kayla a lot of people want to hear her on the show a lot of people want to hear her when she's not cooking chicken. So I think we will have her live in studio. She's back from Qatar. I've been trying to get her in here the last couple of weeks. Our schedules haven't matched up, but I think next week is the week. So if you don't listen to an episode or if you don't listen to my podcast regularly, make sure next week you listen because we are going to talk about is monogamy natural. All right. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going through a lot of things in my life right now where I'm trying to figure myself out and see what's the right way for me and what makes me happy. And we're going to break all that down next week. Not just my life, her life. We're going to just talk about life in general. Some of y'all might get some things you can take from it, but make sure you listen next week if I got her in studio. If not, still listen because I need the listeners. But 
looking forward to that. Speaking of my life, um, I got an announcement to make. I, uh, let me see how I can put this. All right. So like I said, I've been dating this year. It's been rough the first five months because like nobody was coming out the house. Summertime starts picking up. It's picking up a little bit in the summer. Women are responding a little bit more, reaching out, a few more dates. So I've been going on, I've gone on a couple dates. Maybe one. All right, I ain't gonna lie. Maybe one. I went on a date like a month ago, right? I met somebody on Bumble, went on a date. I thought things were great. Thought we hit it off. First, first impressions were good. Wasn't sure how she felt, but I thought, I thought it was strong because we talked on the phone a lot, hours on the phone. So I thought the imp- first impression was good. I thought the date went well. So I thought it was going somewhere. So we continue to communicate, still talking regularly, texting every day. But then, you know, you start seeing different things. And this is why it's important to like talk to somebody prolong or don't rush into things, get to know somebody. So I found out something that was very uh, disturbing. All right, we, we had a conversation one day, and she said she didn't like basketball shorts. All right, you guys might think that's not a big deal. So did I. I thought, you know what, all right, I can work around it. You know, I don't got to wear basketball shorts every day, every now and then. But no, she said she didn't like them at all, period. I tried to power through after that. I said, all right, let me just keep talking to her, you know, see how things go. But I'm not going to lie to y'all. It was never the same. I never recovered from the basketball shorts. I don't know if it's because she found out how much I love basketball shorts and sweatpants and all that, even though I was willing to compromise. But yeah, I just, I think it just put a bad taste in her mouth. Maybe it was something else. too. Maybe I didn't look as good as she thought. I don't know. Maybe my personality. No, you know what? It's not the personality. I won best personality in eighth grade, so I know it ain't the personality. Maybe it was my looks. Domain likes to say I've lost confidence ever since I've become bald. I don't think so, but he thinks, Domain thinks I can't pull women like I used to because I don't have a great hairline. You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't have the Jalen Rose lineup, right? Hair's starting to recede a little bit, but I don't think that's the problem, right? I don't think the bald head is the problem. Let me tell you why I don't think the bald head is the problem. I remember once when I was working, I was on the road somewhere, right? And I was in Walmart, right? I was in Walmart and I was walking down. I walk in Walmart, right? I'm walking down the aisle and I'm walking and this, and this fine girl walks by me. I kid you not. She walks by me. So you know me. I always turn around and look because I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. YOLO. I want to see what they look like from the front and the back. So I turn around and look. I kid you not, as soon as I turned around, this girl's neck snapped back so fast, like turned, bro, like the exorcist, like poof, turned and looked at me like, you know, back in the day, you used to have a thing called break your neck, bruh, she broke her neck to look at me, and I had a fresh bald head that night, and after that, I was like, oh, I got it, I still got it, bald head is still working, so I know it ain't the bald head, all right, I don't know what else it could be. But I know it ain't the bald head, and I know it's not the personality. My thing is it's probably the basketball shorts, but whatever it is, I got the call this week, and I don't even know if I should be saying all this on the podcast. I don't know if she listens. I don't think she does, so I'm going to just talk about it. And it's my life, so I'm going to talk about a lot of things in my life. I'm just not going to use names because I don't want anybody to, to hear. But I got the call this week, 
nice conversation, but I could tell something was off. And, you know, I could tell something was off because, like, the last two weeks, we were supposed to hang out. And both times it kind of got canceled for different reasons. But it, it started making me feel like, all right, something ain't the same. Something ain't right. Where I was like, Benny Siegel, I could feel it in the air. So, anyways, I get the call this week. And she was like, you know, I want to talk to you. So, I'm thinking it's like one of our regular calls. So, we talked for like the first 20, 30 minutes. And everything's going great. I'm thinking the conversation's going, well, not great. Like, I could still tell something was a little off. But I felt like it was a normal conversation. Maybe just my day was a little off. I don't know. I was probably tired. And like 20, 30 minutes in, bro, I got it. I got that line. I got the, you know, I really like you. I think you're cool to talk to, but um, I think we should just be friends. Yeah, moment of silence for me. Yeah, I got the just be friends. Let's just be friends like Bismarcky, all that. I was prepared for it because you know what? I felt like it was already kind of going in a different direction over the last couple weeks. But it still feels weird to hear it, right? It still feels weird to hear the, oh, I just see you as a friend or let's just be friends. I wasn't ready for all that, but it is what it is. I guess I'm still dating. So it wasn't like I was exclusive. It wasn't like I was just focusing on her, but it was like, dang, bro. Like I was still trying to get to know you and I got put in the friends. I felt like I got put in pretty early, but who knows? I feel like I've done this to women too. So it's probably karma. You know, I feel like I've put women in the friend zone early or just said, you know, I don't see you as that. So this is probably me getting a taste of my own medicine, which is understandable. Like, it happens to people. But like I said, man, I don't know. It was just interesting to get that this week when, when I wasn't really prepared. Like, I don't know. I still don't know if it was the basketball shorts or not. I think it was, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, man. But it is what it is. Shout out to all the women out there who don't like basketball shorts. Shout out to the women out there who do like basketball shorts, the women who who don't like to dress up all the time, the women who do or don't, whatever. You know, I like both of y'all. But me, I'm just always like a laid back dude. I'm not really into the dressing up all the time. I like to dress up when it's time to dress up. So like if I'm going out somewhere, I know how to get fresh. I know how to look good. I know how to wear the suit if I need to. I know how to wear the, the polo, the button up. I can do whatever I need to do for the situation. But. If I'm just hanging out in the daytime, going out to like a bar, cookout, a barbecue, bro, I got to dress down. I got to wear the basketball shorts, some sweatpants. I got to be comfortable. And for me, it's like give and take. Like, you know, I can do both, but I also don't want to compromise myself where I can never dress how I want. You know, I can do a little bit of both. And like I said, I don't even know if that's the reason that I got put in the friend zone, but I'm just acting like it is. But shout out to everybody who can dress either way. Shout out to everybody who doesn't care. And like I said, it's probably, I probably had this coming because I've done, I've not been the best guy when it comes to women. I mean, I've, I don't think I lead them on. I'm pretty honest, but I probably haven't given everybody a chance that I should have. So it was bound to come back and happen to me. It's part of life. You learn from it. You move on. I'm still on the dating apps. I'm still talking to women, I'm still enjoying my life. Um, you win some, you lose some. That's all I can say, man. Anyways. This is the shoot episode. So I'm shooting tonight. I also want to talk about something else, man. I went, I went to a restaurant this week. Uh, I'm not even going to say the name because I don't want to cause no drama. But I got a takeout order, right? So I ordered the takeout order on the phone. And as I'm ordering, the lady is like, she takes the order, first of all. Then after that, she tries to upsell. She tries to upsell the dessert. And I'm just like, nah, nah. I already know what's coming because I've ordered from them before. And they got me on a couple things. So I was prepared this time. 
So she tries to upsell the dessert. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I just want the, you know, what I, the order, the meal. So after that, she says, would you like to leave a tip to help take care of our servers? And I looked at, I, well, I didn't look at her. I was on my phone, but I'm, I look at the phone, bro. And I'm like, I, I paused for a second because I knew it was coming because they got me last time with the tip. And I hate when these restaurants do this where they try to guilt you into the tip. But I paused for a second. I regrouped because I knew what I was going to say. I gathered myself and I was like, uh, nah, maybe next time. I said the nicest way I thought I could say it instead of a flat out no. But I had to casually hit her with the maybe next time because I just think it's the stupidest thing when these restaurants ask you for a tip, especially on a to-go order, right? I'm on the phone placing an order. All I'm doing is walking in there and picking up my bag from the chair or the table, wherever you got my bag sitting. What am I tipping for? What service am I tipping for? Am I getting water? No, nobody's offering me water when I walk in there. I'm not getting anything. So when she did that, I just didn't understand why they felt the need to ask me to help pay for their, their servers who they won't even pay more than probably minimum wage. And that's, that's my issue with, the, with tipping. I feel like tipping is the owner's way out of paying their, their workers uh, more than minimum wage, paying them a fair wage. I feel like they ask us to take care of it by tipping. Now, if you sit down and eat somewhere, I can understand tipping. But if, if you're getting it to go, I don't think you should have to tip, right? I don't think you should have to tip. I think the owners should stop being cheap. I know it's coronavirus or whatever going on. You're, you're probably taking a hit financially, but it is not our responsibility to tip or to pay the wages of your servers, all right? I feel like you guys need to find that money somewhere else. All right? I paid, my meal was like 20 bucks. Y'all got to find the tip somewhere in there. Just like when I got that $4 coffee a few weeks ago and they asked if I want to leave a tip. And I'm looking at them like, bro, this is $4 for a hot, regular black coffee. Yeah, they offered cream, but whatever. It's still regular coffee. $4, that's not my responsibility to leave a tip on a $4 cup of coffee. Bro, I go to Wawa and get the Cuban coffee for $1.79. Why am I paying $4 for a 16-ounce, not even a 20-ounce coffee? So when I use my hot chocolate... I have to like use a different pack because my regular pack is only for a 20 ounce. So I can't even use that on a 16 or I'm wasting hot chocolate. Like it's just so many things I have a problem with. And y'all asking for a tip after that. Nah, fam, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Anyways, let me move on, man. Let me move on. I'm not even going to shout out the restaurant's name. Like I said, I don't want, I don't want no issues. I don't want no problems. I'm like little scrappy. You don't want no problems. But anyways, next time I go there, don't ask, don't ask me for no tip. Because I'm going to be even worse next time. I'm going to hit you with the flat no. I was nice this time. Next time you get a flat no. Moving on. There's been a lot going on in the world, all right? This is when I'm going to have to start shooting, for real. Like, I'm really going to have to start giving my opinion on some things. Y'all might not like it. Y'all might have, y'all might agree with me, you might not. Just let me know how y'all feel, all right? First, we had uh, the tragic, tragic killing of uh, Cannon Hanat. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Five-year-old boy in Wilson, North Carolina, who was shot in the face by a 25-year-old black man named Darius Sassums. I believe that's his name, too. But anyways, who, who gives a fuck what his name is? Because he's a murderer. So everybody knows the story by now. If you don't, quick recap. He, they're ne- they're, they live across the street from each other. The dude, Darius Sassums, was actually at the house the night before, had dinner and a beer with Cannon's father. He goes across the street the next day while Cannon is on his bike 
riding around with his his sisters, I believe. I think it was his two sisters. And he just shoots him, like, point blank. And he, he dies. You know, his dad comes out, does what he can, calls, they call the ambulance and everything. But he ends up dying. So after all this, you know, you start hearing about it on social media. It starts picking up. But I guess for some people, they weren't happy that it didn't get more attention than what it got. Which to me, I'm not sure how much more attention they wanted because it, everybody knows the story by now. And if you don't know the story by now, Google it. But I'm willing to guess anybody who's listening to this show either knows the story, has heard a little bit about it. So it got to me, it got enough attention to be worldwide news. Right? Well, maybe not worldwide. United States news, right? So it's such a tragic story. And I, I don't, I hate how it, how it started to become politicized afterwards because you knew that was coming because it was a black man who killed a five-year-old who was white. So the optics already don't look good. Nobody's defending the black man either. That's the thing. Like, I've not seen one, one well, maybe this, well, that, I haven't seen nothing like that. Everybody says the dude is wrong. Everybody wants him to get whatever punishment he deserves, go to jail, this and that. You're like, it's up to you guys to decide what you're comfortable with. Like me, I, like I said, I'm a life in prison guy. I'm not a death penalty guy. So no matter what it is, I'm usually, oh, no, I'm not usually, I'm always going to say life in prison because I just don't, I'm a pro-life guy. I believe in life. I, and, and it's not that I, don't, I believe in life, but I do believe in life. But it's the thing, like, I just don't feel like I have a say in who gets to die. I, I think it's between God. You know, I think you're going to have to answer to God no matter what at the end of the day. So I don't want to be the person who says you die because I get no joy out of somebody dying. I know a lot of people will say that, and we're going to get to that later because I have another thing I want to talk about in regards to that. But I'm just not the one who gets any joy out of somebody dying. So you see some people who were saying different things, and everybody, I guess, well, not everybody. It, it started to become like a black and white issue, which I didn't want it to become, but you kind of knew. You kind of knew it was going there. And then with all the stuff that's been going on in the world lately, all the Black Lives Matter and how we've gotten so much, so much news on that, George Floyd and all this. Like you knew it was gonna start when, once something else happened to somebody that was white, there was gonna be a little bit of backlash, a little bit of, well, why don't we get this? Why don't we get the same coverage and this and that? And that's pretty much what started happening, man. And I wanna this is where I wanna kinda talk to y'all, cause this is where I gotta kinda help people understand how this stuff works. So you had a lot of people starting the hashtag justice for Canon. You saw that like immediately, like the next day, maybe two days later, it just started building. And then a lot of people comparing it to George Floyd and why, why can't we ask for justice for him? And why is this not a national story? The thing I, I didn't like about that one, you guys are using this, this child's death for your own agenda, right? These are the same, the same people who are doing the justice for Cannon and comparing it to George Floyd and being mad about news coverage were the same people who, whenever something like Black Lives Matter related happened, same people who were silent, same people who had nothing to say. These are the same people who, who only speak up when there's looting, when there's protests, when there's rioting. And even in those instances, the tone is kind of shifted towards the black people. Like, well, why do you guys loot? Why do you guys riot? Like, you know they're talking about us. They're not talking about the white people who are looting and rioting, which we've proved that there was a lot of them doing that too. But 
It just seems like they, whenever it's a chance to blame a black person, they get excited and want to talk about it. So in this instance, they got excited to talk about justice for Cannon and why the media won't, won't give it the attention. Why, why can't, you know, why can't he get justice? And that's where I'm like, bro, do y'all understand what justice means? Clearly they don't. Cause justice is when like you're arrested, you're charged. Like that's justice. You go to jail, you know, that's what justice means. And then in the case of this story, the guy, Darius, Darius Sessom, they found him within 24 hours. It was a manhunt. They found him. He was arrested, charged with first degree murder. Like it was swift as opposed to a Ahmaud Arbery where he shot and then you're waiting months to get an arrest charges. Like it's three months, right? That's why you're seeking justice for him in that case. It's like a George Floyd where it's taken days to get an arrest charges. That's why you're seeking justice, right? These are instances where we're asking for justice because there was no arrest made, right? That's the reason we ask for justice. There's no arrest. There's no charges. We don't feel like anybody's paying for their crimes. That's why we ask for justice. But then also you'll have people who are like, why isn't this a, nas- a national story, right? I want to answer that too. The reason, well, first of all, it wasn't, and it was a national story. It took some time to build, but it ended up being a national story. But I guess people want to know why it wasn't talked about even more. Why isn't it getting the same attention as a George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Jacob Blake, like any of these stories? And I think the reason that it didn't get as much attention as those is because this was not something that happens regularly, right? We don't have black guys running up and shooting five-year-old white kids in the face regularly. Whereas some of these shootings of the police brutality, black or not black on black, but actually black on black crime happens regularly too. And that's probably why you hear about it a lot. But yeah, the police brutality, uh, stuff like Ahmaud Arbery, racial profiling, this stuff happens regularly. So when we keep hearing it in the news, it's because it's happened so many times that it ends up becoming a story because it's like, yo, I can't believe this is still happening. I can't believe hundred years later, we're still getting treated like this, right? That's why that stuff gets so much attention. Whereas this is like an isolated incident. It's like a one-time thing. Now, if it starts happening more regularly, you're going to start hearing more stories about it and more outrage about why does this keep happening? But you're not going to get that same um, national coverage for isolated incidents. Like think about all the kids in Chicago or other neighborhoods who are killed by violence from a black guy or, you know, just kids who are innocently killed by some type of gun violence. They're not all national stories, man. They should be just because gun, gun violence is at an all time high. Like we need to talk about that stuff, but for people trying to make it more than what it was, I guess, racially. And I guess that's the thing. People are trying to tie it into race, which we don't know if it was racially motivated. Everything I've read, the dude was just high out of his mind his mother said she came home from church. He was in the house. She didn't even recognize him. He felt like a different person. She said she tried to get the gun away from him. Couldn't get the gun away from him. He goes outside and does the killing. But it just, it, it seemed like it was something drug related. Like I said, the night before he had beer and dinner with Cannon's father. So there was no, it doesn't seem like any animosity. It just seemed like high on some bad stuff, went out, did a heinous act in jail now paying the price for it, which is deserved. And nobody's going to argue that he doesn't deserve jail time or whatever sentence he gets. So I just feel like justice has been served in that case. 
Now, you could argue about the news coverage, whatever. That's a different argument, even though I've explained that one too. But the justice argument, I don't feel like that's an argument people can have. I don't think you can ask for justice when you had somebody arrested in 24 hours, charged, will no bail, I'm pretty sure. I didn't even read it, but I guarantee you there's no bail. And will probably most likely be convicted. Like, that's all the justice you can ask for. Now, there's nothing that they can do to bring back Cannon, which is the sad part, man, because we lost a five-year-old who still had a whole life ahead of him. But the justice part, y'all got the justice part. Like, we all got the justice. We all wanted justice for Cannon, right? I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't want justice for him. But to act like he hasn't gotten the justice, up until this point, I think the justice has been swift and it's been on point. Now, all these other shootings you want to compare it to, have they gotten the justice? That's the question you got to ask yourself. The same stuff we talked about with the quick arrest and charges and probably a conviction, have the other cases that you compare it to, have they gotten that? Because a lot of times they haven't. All right? a lot, And if they do get it, it's usually after a protest. Like, think about it. Would George Floyd, would they have been arrested without a protest? Probably not. Would the people who killed Ahmaud Arbery have been arrested without a protest? Probably not. We're still protesting for Breonna Taylor, still can't get her killers arrested. So those are the things that we seek justice for, you know? And those are the things we have to fight for justice. I think people should be happy that they didn't have to fight for justice for Cannon, right? This was so cut and dry that it nobody questioned it. And that's all we're asking for in these other cases. We're asking for the same cut and dry, like, y'all see what it was, let's make the proper arrest. We're asking for Breonna Taylor's killers to be arrested, right? And today marks uh, the 65th, I don't want to say anniversary, but it's the 65th year since Emmett Till was murdered, right? The lady who he was accused of whistling at, which led to his lynching by like a whole bunch of white people, I believe it was in Mississippi. Y'all should be familiar with the story if you're not. But the lady recanted her story like back in 2017 and said he didn't even do it, what he was accused of doing, which he still shouldn't have been killed over. Like it's... I think those dudes got jail time, but the lady who was responsible for it all never got any jail time. Even when she recanted, still wasn't charged with anything. Maybe it's a statute of limitations thing, but it's situations like that, man. We are just like, that's the stuff we want justice for, man. It's not, it's not the stuff we already get justice for. It's the things we got to keep fighting for. Right? So just think about all that. The next time y'all want to ask for justice for somebody who's already been arrested, just give it some thought. Meanwhile, we had the Jacob Blake shooting that happened uh, over the weekend, last weekend, which pretty much has divided the country once again. This shooting, I'm not going to like go into the whole story of it because by now everybody knows what the story is. Shot seven times in the back by the police after he was uh, walking to his car. So there's a lot going on there. Saw the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks protested, went on strike, said they weren't going to play the game. Uh, a couple days ago, and no games were played that day because other teams followed suit, not only in the NBA, but we had MLB, um, MLS. Hockey went on and played, but we already know hockey. They, they like a day late with everything, so they came back the next day, and they were like, oh, our bad. We didn't mean to do that. Oh, and speaking of, let me just say one more thing about the Cannon uh, case while I'm talking about it because I forgot to mention this part. His mom came out and made a statement and said, do, do not compare this to George Floyd. Uh, she says not about race. She said her son loved everybody of every race. And she hated how the media was trying to compare it to George Floyd. So that's from his, his mother's mouth. 
read that today in a nice uh, article about the whole situation. Pretty good job they did. Uh, I think it was the Raleigh, the Raleigh newspaper. So if you guys get a chance, go read that because they break everything down. I thought his mother's words were strong. She still wants death for for the the man Darius Sessoms. Want him, wants him to burn in hell, which I'm not mad at her for asking that. You know, like I said, I'm the type who's going to let God decide everything. So if God decides he got burned in hell, that's what it is. I'm not mad at his mother for asking for that. I'm just personally not the one who wants to be judge, jury, and executioner. Unless somebody else do that. But like I said, the NBA, they started this whole thing this week with the protests over the Jacob Blake shooting. Shot seven times in the back. They say he's paralyzed right now. He might be able to walk again. Not sure. He was handcuffed to his bed, too, up until, like, I believe today they took the cuffs off. That was due to a prior charge, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But there's been so much going on around this story, man, and it's just like we're back at square one. We're back at square one with the protests. Black Lives Matter is back in the forefront. I'm not mad at that. I don't know if this is the right story to like as to put in the forefront, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I feel like I got to ride. I feel like I got to ride. I, of course, like the shooting to me, I don't think you can justify shooting somebody seven times in the back, all right? No matter what your position on this is, he resisted, he didn't. He was. They tried to tase him. It didn't work. Uh, they pulled his shirt. He still kept walking. He had a knife in his hand. I've heard all this stuff. I don't think there's anything that can justify seven shots in the back. That part, I don't think you can justify. Even one shot, you can say is probably too much, but it's one shot. Seven, I don't know what kind of threat somebody poses for you to shoot seven times when they're walking away from you. Now, they might make the knife argument, but I still don't think that's worth seven shots. I don't, man. And this story, I'm going to tell you right now, this story is probably going to get a lot more complicated as the days go. I've been reading a lot about it. I've tried to get information from both sides to kind of understand both arguments. And I guess for those who don't know, as the story goes, police were called to the house because he was trespassing. There was a warrant out for his arrest because he had allegedly trespassed there back in um, May and sexually assaulted the woman who lives there. So she, she went to court over that and I guess he came back and the story gets murky, man. Like we don't know what he was there for. The family says he was there. He was trying to break up a fight between two women when he was shot, which could be true, but I have not seen enough evidence on that part yet. But I will say it might be because it, it's weird because the story says the girlfriend called police on him. But I'm like, I don't know if this is the same girlfriend that they say he sexually assaulted. It's not really clear on who the girlfriend is. But then I also read he has a fiance. So it's like maybe he had his fiance with him. And then he went to the, the woman's house who was his girlfriend. But he assaulted her before. Like it's just too much that I don't really know. So I'm still waiting for like more of that news to come out. But what we do know is, yes, he did have a sexual assault charge against him. It didn't go to court yet, so he was never convicted. But the police were aware of that when they showed up. Now, their cell phone video we see only shows the end. So we don't even know what happened before that. I did see another video where there was like a, a, a struggle on the ground. And he got up and walked away, which led to it. But we still don't know the whole story of how everything happened. They say they shot the taser twice at him. It didn't get him down. And I, I, this is one of them stories where I've kind of wanted to wait 
a little bit for more information to come out before going hard. Like I've posted some things about it just saying like, I don't agree with the, you know, shooting somebody seven times in the back, but I haven't gone as hard on this story as I have with others. Just because I, I'm more like, I need to wait and see more information. All I can say is I don't think shooting somebody seven times in the back is right. Everything else. I don't know. Like the sexual assault stuff. That's one thing I want to talk about because I feel like I feel like a lot of y'all contradict yourselves, right? I feel like a lot of people contradict themselves. I feel like a lot of y'all, and I'm shooting tonight. Like I said, I'm shooting. I'm just going to be myself. I'm telling the truth. It is what it is. But I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to sexual assault, will be like, oh, you first of all, the, you, the accuser is always right in, in their, a lot of people's minds. So you'll have people who, once somebody's accused of sexual assault, you're automatically like, they're guilty. I hope they rot in jail, burn in hell. Like you guys will say stuff like that, right? With no regard for human life. But then when somebody shot like this, y'all are riding for him. But then when the story comes out that he might've did sexual assault, y'all will like overlook that. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with any of this. I'm just pointing out some things I think are hypocritical. I think when you guys are so, gun ho and have no regards for life and want people to die for certain things. And then this time you kind of ignore certain things. I, I don't, I don't like that part. And I think that's why I'm pro-life, bro. That's why I don't really want to say who deserves to die, who doesn't, because you're always going to have situations that put you in a tough spot where somebody might've done something wrong. And normally if they didn't get shot or something, wasn't the victim in the other situation, y'all might go hard for them and want them punished bad in the first situation, right? So when they become the victim in the second situation, y'all will overlook some things. Let's take R. Kelly, for instance, where R. Kelly's done so much bad and everybody wants him in jail, wants him to rot. Like, I've heard a lot of bad things that I want to happen to this man. And it is what it is. He's wrong for that. But if y'all didn't know that, and then he gets shot, and then it comes out later, he did all this bad stuff, like, would your tune change? That's all I'm asking. Or would you be more like, nah, he doesn't deserve this even if he did that? Because that's kind of what I'm seeing with the Jacob Blake. Like, well, even if he did, he don't deserve it. But for other people, I feel like y'all might have a different tune. So I just want people to kind of think to themselves for a second how y'all feel about people's lives and people losing their lives. Just think about it, man. Like, me personally, I don't get joy out of any of this. Like, I don't get joy when nobody's shot, when nobody loses their life. Even if you've done the worst and you've, you've committed these crimes, I want you punished, but I'm never going to be the one to say, take somebody's life away. That's just not me. But I'm also not going to be the guy who's going to overlook something, right? Like if he did the sexual assault, he needs to be punished for that, whatever jail or whatever they say he is. But I don't think we should overlook things, right? Because you see like now in the media, there's two sides. Some people are painting him out to be like this horrible person. Some people are painting him out to be an angel. It's probably somewhere in between, man. So I still think the police need to be held accountable for shooting them in the back. But the way the story's going, I'm just kind of trying to take it more of a wait and see approach, man. Cause I just, it's tough, man. And we're going to have a lot of these instances and these shootings where we're just not, we're just not sure which side, like I'm sure I'm on the side of right and in the side of blackness. And I always gonna look out for my black people, but I, I can't, 
overlook anything either. Like, we got to be fair in a lot of these instances, man. We got to be fair. So, I don't know. Y'all decide what y'all want to do. But I just want y'all to think about that. Like, when you go so hard for somebody normally and they're, they're wrong, how do you all of a sudden have compassion later when they've been the victim, right? They were wrong the first time and then they're a victim and you have compassion that you normally would not have for them unless they were the victim of a situation. And I think that's something we got to all ask ourselves. Why do we act like that? I'll leave y'all with that, all right? And maybe that's something I can discuss again when I have somebody else on the show because I'm not sure if I've gotten that thought out the way I wanted to, but hopefully y'all know what I'm talking about because I'm the type, like, even when these people, like, Bin Laden or Saddam, like, when they're killed, I'm not the one out there celebrating. Like, I know people are celebrating. I'm just not that person, bro. Like, I know these people are bad, and I'm going to let God deal with them. That's just, that's just the way I see it. I'm going to let God deal with them, and if they go to jail, the legal system going to deal with them. But I'm never going to cheer somebody dying. I'm just not that type. Like, I'm not the type who's going to go watch somebody get, uh, what is it, the electric? I guess they don't do the electric chair anymore, but lethal injection. You know how they got the people in the first row watching that? Bro, I'm never going to be that person out there watching. I do not care what the crime is. I just, first of all, I don't want to watch anybody die. I don't get, I just think that's kind of, that's going to give me nightmares and just make me feel weird. But I'm not that type that just wants to go out there and watch. What else do I have? Oh, okay. Let me talk about the new Nas album for a minute. I heard a lot of people out there saying the new Nas album is a classic. I gave it a listen on my way home from work tonight. I thought it was a really good album, right? But for everybody who's saying it's a classic, relax. The album is good, though. Like, the production was pretty good. Hit Boy did the whole album. Nas is sharp with the lyrics, as always. I love the song with AZ and Cormega. Thought they shined on there. Foxy's voice is a little different. It's going to take some getting used to, but... That was one of my favorite songs. Uh, the intro was one of my favorites. Just off my first listen. This is all like a review off the first listen. I think it's a good album. It's a solid album. Definitely in 2020 compared to some of the other stuff that comes out. I think it's great that we have our legends still making music and not feeling like they can't because they're older. But I don't think it's a classic. I don't think it's a classic. I don't think it's Illmatic. I don't think it's Stillmatic. I don't even think it's Godson, honestly. I think Godson's a very underrated album. Godson is like one of my favorite Nas albums. I like when I was at going to Valencia Community College, bro, that was my album right there. All those albums I mentioned right there got replay value. It was written, I ain't gonna lie, I gotta go back and listen to that one again because I haven't listened to it. It was written in a long time. So I know a lot of people love it was written. A lot of people love Nostradamus. Well, some people love Nostradamus, not everybody. He fell off a little bit with like Streets Disciple, Hip Hop is Dead, and all that. But his last two, well, not the last. The Kanye one, I'm not going to say that was good. This one was good, and Life is Good was good. No pun intended. But for y'all saying it's a classic off of like a week, I'm sure sure y'all gave it more spins than I did, but I'm not ready to call anything a classic after a week. And let me tell you why I say that. I remember in in high school when Outkast dropped um, Equemini. Bro, they had the single... Rosa Parks, right? I love that song so much. And if, for those of you who don't know how it was back in the day, back in the day when albums dropped, you had to go to the store and buy it. Like, you couldn't really listen first like we do now with YouTube and Spotify and all these streaming apps. 
you can't preview an album. So you're listen, you're buying the album off of like maybe one or two singles. So when Outkast dropped Equimini, bro, I tell you, I rushed to the store. Sam Ash, Sam Goody, whatever they saw the store was. I rushed to that little CD store in the mall, Fashion Square Mall, Colonial Drive in Orlando. Went and bought Equimini. I think I skipped school. I went right after school. Somebody gave me a ride. I think it might have been Christina George if it was. Shout out to you. But somebody gave me a ride. I, I picked up the album. Not to mention, those albums were like $17.99 at the mall back in the day, too. I might have got it at Best Buy. No, you know what? No, 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 no. I am like 100% sure I bought that album in the mall. And if you know, if you bought an album in the mall back in the day, you paid like 50, at least $15.99. Did they... When Best Buy came out and started cut, undercutting the mall, the, those mom and pop shops and selling albums for like $9.99, that was when it was the end of these record stores, bro. So I bought that Equimini album. I go home and I listen to it. And bro, I, I kid you not, I promise you, after the first listen, I took that album out of my CD player. I put it back in the case and I put that case on the dresser in my room. And I was like, I don't like this album. I'm never listening to it again, right? Because it was just so different. Like, the sound was new. I had never heard anything like that before. I wasn't ready for it. So I put it back in the case, put it on my dresser. I did not come back to that album for about six months. I didn't think I was ready for that type of music. I hated it at first. I liked uh, Rosa Parks. And I don't even know if I liked another song on it, bro. It was just such a different album. I think once Spody Odie Dopalicious came out and I started hearing that on the radio, and it, it, that, that's, that thing was jamming, bro. Once I started hearing Spody Odie, I said, I got to come back and give this another listen. So I went back to that album like six months later with like maybe a mature, more mature taste in music, different taste buds. I listened to it again, and I was like, oh, this album's pretty good. And I listened more and more and more, and it grew on me. And then finally, I got to a point where I was like, this is my favorite album of all time. I think Equimini is the most perfect hip-hop album of all time. I think it holds up over over 20 years. You can still listen to it from front to back. The music is amazing still. The stuff they're talking about, the content, still relate to it now. To me, that's the perfect album. If I ever wanted somebody to understand, like, what a great hip-hop album is or what's the best hip-hop album, I'm giving them a Quimini. Now, if I want somebody to understand what, like, New York hip-hop used to sound like back in the day, I'm going to put on Mob Deep the Infamous because I think that embodies what New York hip-hop used to be. If you want to explain that sound to somebody, Mob Deep the Infamous would be the album you put on. But musically, bro, Quimini is amazing. But it just goes to show... You can't judge an album off of like one listen or like an early listen because think about all the albums you've called classics over the years, right? How many of these albums you go back back to and listen to still? Because that's the thing about a classic. A classic has to have replay value. A lot of these albums do not hold up still to this day. There's so many albums I thought were classics and I'll go back to listen to now and it's not the same, bro. It doesn't sound, just, it doesn't sound as good, so... To me, when you think about a classic, you're thinking about an album you're going to come back to 10, 20 years from now, and you're going to listen to from front to end, and you're going to feel the same way. You're going to be like, yo, this album's still dope. Beats is hard. The rhymes are great. Like, that to me is a classic. So if you can't see yourself doing that, and I don't think you can even say that after a week. Like, you can't tell me you're going to come back to an album in 10 years right now. 
And if you are, you're lying. Like, I'm not listening to anybody who says that. I think you have to let an album grow on you. You have to put it down for a little bit. You got to come back to it. But I don't like I don't like this new age where we call every album a classic once it comes out. And I think we're kind of falling into that with this new Nas album. Like I said, it's a great album, but I don't think it's a classic. I don't think it's Illmatic. I don't think it's Stillmatic. And I don't know if I'll feel like that in 10 years from now, but nah, man. I'm not riding. I'm not riding with y'all. Shout out to y'all, though. If y'all think it's a classic, I just want to come back to y'all. Everybody who I see on Facebook calling this album a classic, I'm coming back to y'all in about 10 years. I'm going to ask y'all how y'all feel. Got a couple more topics to do before I get off this this for tonight. I want to keep this episode short, so probably going to do about an hour. I'm close to an hour now. I had some news, some sad news brought to my attention earlier today. A friend of mine named Danica, her husband was in a, a very bad car accident and had to have both his legs amputated. Very sad story to hear. Um, I've met him before. I've known her since high school. Very sweet girl, uh, very nice person, very caring, somebody who will always look out for others, do things for others. Like She's one of those people, so it's, it's just sad to see happen to her and her family, sad to see happen to her husband, Tim. And this one hit me, man. This hit me hard because it was a car accident that he was in while he was driving home, and they were discussing the dinner plans. And she didn't hear from him. This is all on the GoFundMe. If you guys go to the GoFundMe, it's called Tim Lima's Recovery Fund. And it's spelled L-I-M-A apostrophe S. That's Lima's. So if you if you type that in, I'm also going to put the link in the description of this show. Because I want everybody to, if you can, go and donate and share it. I need to share it too. So I'm going to share it on Facebook once I get off of here. And I'm going to donate. I'm going to do all that. But I wanted to share it on here with you guys just because... I want everybody to to go out and try to read it and read the story because the GoFundMe, they explain everything. They they talk about what happened to him. They talk about why they're asking for the goal they are asking for, which is $100,000. It's only been three days, and they've reached $25,786. So $25,786, which is pretty impressive for three days. And I think the more we share it and more we get it out there, the more money they can they can reach for his road to recovery because it's not just like hospital bills that that he needs you know he's gonna have to have the house redone so it could be wheelchair accessible uh prosthetic legs like they give a full breakdown of everything they need for the money uh foldable electric wheelchair additional medical child care physical therapy costs so there's a lot that goes into this there's a lot that they're they why they're asking for what they're asking for you know it's just a lot that you don't think about when it comes to expenses. And I want everybody, if you can, just at least go and read read the story, see if it moves you to donate something or share it. It doesn't hurt to share. I guess that's the, the most important thing to know. Even if you don't think you can donate, it doesn't hurt to share with your family and friends or your Facebook friends. Like, who knows? You might have somebody on your friend list or your family who might be able to donate. So even if you can't share it, because it, it might... It might inspire somebody else or propel somebody else to go donate. And like I said, I will put the link on the description. So if you're listening to this and you don't remember what it is, it's uh, it's Tim Lima's Recovery Fund. I think that's how you can search on the GoFundMe. But if you forget that, the link will be in the description. So check it out on uh, the description of this episode. And before I, before I let go, I just want to talk about one more thing. Oh, and prayers, prayers to Tim. 
Hope you have a speedy recovery. I know your life will be uh, forever changed by this, but I'm praying that you're able to adapt and that you're able to gain strength from God to, to keep pushing. Uh, you, you have kids that, that still need you, and I, I know this is going to be tough on you mentally and physically. So just prayers to you, man. Keep your head up. It's a sad, sad story, but it can also become an inspirational one. So just try to make the best of it and try to try to turn it into a positive in your life. And hopefully you'll recover from this. I know you guys have a strong support system, so a lot of friends and family will be there for the recovery. Uh, I'm going to reach out to Danica, probably on Facebook. I'm sure everybody's been reaching out to her, but I just want to reach out and give my, my well wishes and my prayers. And like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to donate as soon as I'm done recording this and put the link up for those who want to donate too. So check that out if you guys get a chance. So when I was driving home from work today, I listened, like I said, I listened to that Nas album because I wanted to give my review on that. I did that. But after I listened to the Nas album, I had turned the radio on and I was listening to Star 94.5 because they play like hip hop and stuff. And it's like the grown folks hip hop. Well, not well, I ain't gonna say it's all the way grown folks hip hop, but it's it's more of the hip hop that I would like. And they had the mix show going, but they was playing like a lot of old school jams, man. It just made me think about how when I was growing up, when I was in high school and my mom listened to Star 94.5 because they played music for her. Right. They played all the old school classics, all the music from like the 70s and 60s, like all that stuff that she grew up listening to. And I just couldn't help but think about how how radio grows with us, because as my mom got older, you know, they kind of phased out of the music that she grew up on. Right. They don't play really all the stuff she grew up listening to on there anymore. Now they cater to people more my age and older, like the the mid 30s, the people in their 40s and 50s. That's kind of who they're catering to now. So they're playing more like old school hip hop, maybe some newer stuff. And it just made me think about, man, how radio's growing with us. And it just makes me feel like I'm, it makes me definitely realize how old I'm getting. Just to think about how now when I'm listening to the radio, they are playing music that's not really for my mother anymore. The same station she grew up on, the same station I listened to when she was driving me to school and I hated it because they didn't play any hip hop. Now they're playing music I, I love. And if I ever have kids, they'll probably hate the music I'm listening to on there. It just shows you, man, how life comes at you full circle, man. How things change and the stuff that we used to think we like or we the things we used to think we hated now we like. Even when my mom plays the music she likes, I kind of I, I enjoy it more now. I enjoy her music, whereas before I didn't. But as you get older, you know, your taste change. You get a little bit more, um, I guess, mature, a little more understanding. And you just realize, yo, I actually like some of this music I didn't think I would like. Like I remember I was listening to the Tom Joyner morning show, which I didn't I, I didn't like listening to when I was a when I was a kid. And as I got older, you know, I'm the guy who's going to the Tom Joyner family reunion and I'm I'm over here taking pictures with Tom Joyner and Sybil and all that. And it just shows, man, how life comes at you full circle, man. So I just wanted to leave y'all with that thought. Show y'all that as we grow, everything around us will grow too. And, you know, I also want to leave y'all one more quote just about my life and where I'm at right now. Because, like I said, I'm dating, trying to find out what I like, what I don't like. We'll, we'll get more into it next week with Kayla. But I saw a dope quote on Facebook, man. And I wanted to leave y'all with this. They said, they said, I'm somewhere between 
losing my mind and finding myself. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at in my life right now, where I'm just trying to figure things out. I know I don't have the answers. I know this is not everything I want, and this is not where it is. But uh, I'm getting there, man, and it's uh, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right in the end. I'm enjoying the process. I'm loving the journey. I like coming on here and talking to y'all about my life and just telling y'all how I'm feeling about different things. I did my tipping rant, too, but I had a couple more rants. And should I do them? You know what? Yeah, we're going to do these rants. Let me do a couple more rants before I get off. So I have one more rant. I've been wanting to do this rant before for like the last couple weeks. I have a rant that I call the war on boxers. All right. Now, I know I said earlier that uh, one of the women I had went on a date with had a war on basketball shorts. I think there's a war on boxers going on, too. And I say that because. I just feel like a lot of these underwear companies are not appreciative of what got them here. Now, hear me out, all right? Even tidy whities There's probably a war on tidy whities too. Let me leave that. Let me say that. tidy whities are the original. So let's, let's just pay respect to the tidy whities because they, they came first. And a lot of us was rocking tidy whities for, for early on in life. Some people like me were rocking them still up until college because I just didn't know how to let go. I think the time I, I think when I had to stop rocking tidy whities or when I knew it was time to let go of the tidy whities was when I had a girlfriend. I was in college and we was getting to it. And you know, like the whole process of taking your clothes off or like they're putting your hand down your pants, whatever, bro. It was just such a struggle with the tidy whities that it was, it was kind of preventing me from getting to where I needed to get to in the process of getting to the to end game, which is sex. You know, the tidy whities was slowing me down. So I, that's when I was like, all right, I got to let go of the tidy whities. She offered to take me shopping. She took me shopping. I remember it was in Philadelphia. Took me to get boxers. That's when I bought my first pair of boxers, bro. I didn't even know how to look for boxers. I didn't know how to buy underwear. I, did I know? How to, you know, I didn't know. I did. I was like a size 32, 30, whatever. I'm a 34 now. But yeah, I, I knew the waist thing. But I didn't know how to buy boxers because I was so used to buying tidy whities where you just get the pack like the. 12 pack, bro. And now that I think about it, I'm like, why did I hold on to tidy whities so long? Like, I literally went to about 20, 21, 22. I tried to hold on as long as I could. And I think I was scared of boxers in the beginning because they were just too freely, right? I felt like, how am I going to walk around with my thing just moving around like that freely? And I just thought it was weird. I'm like, what if you get like hard or something? Like, how do you do this? But I adjusted, right? I adjusted. I knew, all right, once I had the boxers, I started adjusting. I'm like, all right, it's time to sit down. It's time to stand up. You just know when you can move around, when you can be up. Like, you kind of know how to maneuver. But with the tidy whities, I didn't have that problem because they, they kept everything in check. So I moved on to boxers. And when I moved on to boxers, to me, it was like the most freeing feeling ever. Because you're just walking around. I guess it's kind of like how when women walk around with no underwear. If y'all do it, shout out to the women who walk around in the dress with no underwear underneath. That's kind of what it feels like with boxers. It feels like you don't have underwear on, but you know, you do have, you're still protected. You still have underwear, but you're just free. So I took a liking to that. And then as I got older, you know, I would always buy new boxers because, you know, you run out or they wear out and you gotta, you gotta buy new ones. I remember, uh, <laughs> Funny story, 
whatever, whenever my boxers would get towards like the end of the line and I knew I was coming to a, to a close with them, I would move them to the, what I call the utility pair. So the utility pair serves a purpose. When I move the boxers to the utility pair, that means like they're not in the regular rotation. They're just kind of there if you need them. They're there if you run out of the regular um, boxers, if you, do, you haven't done your laundry and you don't have any boxers to wear. That's what the utility pair is there for. The utility pair is there in case of an emergency, like you got to break the glass. Boom, it's there. So I always move the, the old ones down to the utility pair. Same with the tidy whities Like you have holes in them and stuff. Those go to the utility pair. You ain't ready to throw them out yet. They're, they're not holy enough to throw out but they're still not good enough to wear. You know, you can't be in front of an old girl with them. So utility pair, anybody who has boxers, I don't know if y'all call the utility pair, but feel free to use my phrase. If you guys ever go to boxers or boxer briefs, which I'm going to get to in a minute, use them, use the utility pair only in case of emergency. So like I said, I got to the end of the line and I had to start buying new boxers. And, and for a while I was rocking with Hanes. Hanes was a solid brand. They were always trustworthy. They felt great. The material was great. So I started buying the Hanes boxers. And then after that, actually, I rocked with the Hanes boxers for a while. Like years, man. Probably over 10 years. And then finally, I started buying the Hanes boxers at Walmart and Target and stuff. And I just noticed the quality started going down. And like I said, the same with my steering wheel. When I can notice the, the slight shift in things. I noticed the slight change in the quality of the Hanes boxers. I don't know what they did. Maybe they couldn't get, maybe they couldn't get it from their connect that they normally were getting it from. They went a little cheaper, but I noticed the quality had went down. So now I was like, all right, I got to stop buying the Hanes boxers. Cause y'all charges $16 for a pack still like a four pack. And it's not good enough for y'all to be charging that. So I stopped buying, them. but I still wasn't at the point where I'm like, I'm buying the single boxers, you know, like the, the $15 for one boxer. I wasn't there. I remember one time I was at the Tommy Hilfiger outlet store somewhere. I think I was in like North Carolina and I'm buying, I go to look at the boxers. First of all, when I go in the store, leave me alone. Like if I don't ask for your help, leave me alone. I go in the store and I'm looking for the boxers and the girl's like, Oh, do you need help with anything? I'm like, no, well, let me show you something. And all I, I was like, no, nah, I don't need no help. All I asked this girl was, hey, can you just show me where the boxers are? I ain't asked for no other help. She shows me a little weak-ass boxer section they had in there. I already knew it wasn't going to be good enough. So I'm just like, all right, I'm about to dip out of here. But then she comes back and wants to, like, start talking to me in the boxers. Like, oh, what are you looking for? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm, like, trying to explain to her, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm looking for this. So then she starts showing me boxers. And then she, like, gives me a pair. And I'm like, oh, these would be great on you. And I'm looking at the prices. It's like 25 bucks. I'm just looking at her like, ma'am, I'm not paying 25 bucks for a pair of boxers. She looks at me so disgusted, like, oh my God, I'm, I feel so disrespectful right now. I can't believe you just said that. Oh my God, oh my God. Like, she's freaking out. Like, no, I know this broke boy did not just say this to me. But I'm just being honest, like, yo, I'm not paying that much for a pair. So she gets mad at me and walks away. And I'm just looking at her like, girl, I didn't even ask for your help. I, I asked you to show me something. That was it. I ain't asked for no advice. I ain't asked you to start bringing me stuff. All I said was show me where the boxers are. So that was like, all right, I can't be buying these high-end boxers because I'm just not there yet financially where I feel like I can waste money or $25 on a pair. So I, I'm back to the buying the packs. 
So, anyways, I go to buy the packs, but since I can't use Hanes no more because they're they're not good, I have to find a new a new brand. So I go to I find I find a new brand at Sam's actually. They had the Izod brand. So I'm thinking, all right, Izod, trusted brand. These are gonna be good. They had the elastic waistband. I like that. Soft waistband. So I buy like a pack of those. Actually, I buy two because I got excited. Like, oh, these are going to be great. I'm investing. Bought two packs of Izod's. So then I go home and I, I try them on. They're too short. Like, I like my boxers a decent level. The Izod's were a little too short for me. So that kind of threw me off. And I was like, all right. Back to the boxer search. Got to figure this out. So then... I, feel, I forget what I buy after that. Oh, no, I found another brand. Shout out to them because this is like my brand now. It's called Goodfellow. They sell it at Target. So I go to, I, I buy the Goodfellow brand, and those are like great boxers, but the style isn't great. Like, the, they don't have the, the, they don't have like the four or five pack with like the elastic waistband one. The one with the waistband is like a thicker waistband, the, the five pack for those. So I commit to those. But they're just a little bulkier as a boxer. So I don't really, they're still not like my favorite, but they're the best I could do at the moment. So I'm rocking with them. But my whole point of this whole argument is that I feel like there's a war on boxers. And and actually, there's probably a war on whitey tighties too. Although I feel like the whitey tighties are still going strong. Nobody's probably buying them except little kids. But I feel like the whitey tighties are probably still going strong. But ever since boxer briefs came out, which is like the new wave and everybody loves boxer briefs now. I feel like a lot of companies have stopped focusing on boxers. And that's like my argument, man. It's like, y'all know boxers got you here. But now because boxer briefs are like the hot thing, y'all act like y'all can't put the same focus in the boxers anymore. And then that's why the quality of these Hanes has gone down. And I got to walk around looking for a good pair of boxers, like searching everywhere. And it's so hard to find. Now, we'll give it to Hanes. Y'all mesh boxers are really good. The mesh ones are good. But I only like those in certain situations because, like, I live in Florida. Sometimes it's really hot. So the mesh come, they are good when I'm wearing my basketball shorts. But I need the cotton for other situations, all right? And I feel like this is where y'all have fallen off with the cotton. And I feel like I'm having a hard time finding good cotton boxers because everybody's so focused on these boxer briefs now, which, don't get me wrong, boxer briefs are cool. I have a few of them for situations where I'm being athletic and doing things, but... I just don't think I want to walk around all day in boxer briefs there. To me, it's like wearing a longer version of the whitey tighties, which of course they're good for certain things. Like they keep everything intact. You don't have to worry about no false. So no false moves happening. You know, everything stays where it's supposed to. So I understand it for that, but I don't understand the, the why everybody loves boxer briefs. Why they're the new wave. But I just wish these companies would start, putting more focus and effort into regular boxers because I feel like that's what got you guys here when you move away from whitey tighties. It was boxers that y'all was on. That's the wave y'all rode. And then once boxer briefs came in style, it's like y'all said F the boxers. Everybody forgot about the boxers. And you have people like me still who are loyalists trying to find good boxers, and we can't. So all I'm asking is just please put more better effort. Haynes. I see y'all. Y'all quality is bad. Get better. Good fellow. Um, I need more of those four and five packs with the elastic waistband. And y'all can make your boxers a little longer too, although they're still longer than the, the Izod one. Izod, if you're listening, you can make your boxers a little longer. That's probably what you need, and that would help. But yeah, there's a war on boxers. I don't know when it's going to end. 
but I hope one day we can get back to regular boxers. And that, the same thing for coffee. I feel like there's a war on coffee. I feel like these coffee shops are uh, focused now on all the high-end coffees, the lattes, the cappuccinos, the frappuccinos, the, what is what else is it? The mocha, the mocha lattes and all these different coffees, iced coffee. Whereas now, like, the regular hot coffee is not a focus, and that's why I'll go to places and the hot coffee's been sitting there for like five hours and it's not hot. It's because you guys don't care anymore about your hot coffee, which got you here. Same way these people, uh, these boxer companies don't care about their boxers anymore. Like, let's get back to basics. All right. Let's let's remember what got us to the dance. All right. Coffee. Let's let's put more focus on the hot coffee and let's put more focus on uh, regular boxers. Whitey tidies, y'all still going strong because I'm pretty sure everybody from Kindergarten to fifth grade is wearing whitey tighties. Middle school, you probably got to switch to boxers at this stage or boxer briefs because it's probably not cool in middle school. Even though I made it, somehow I made it through middle school with whitey tighties and high school. I don't know how I made it that far with whitey tighties and the first three years of college. Man, boy, that's that's a miracle in itself. Because I had a, I had a few girlfriends during that time and they let me get away with the whitey tighties. So. Shout out to all my girlfriends. Shout out to all my girlfriends who accepted me in my whitey tidies. All right. With that being said, this concludes another episode of Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. We're right around the uh, uh, hour 20 mark. I guess once I play my song, we'll be around there. Maybe a little bit over. But next week, like I said, I think Kayla Smith will be in studio. Shout out to Kayla because she's probably not even listening to this, but if she hears it, she's probably going to be mad I said her last name. But, I mean, I say my last name, so I don't know why people have a, a problem with that. It's not like y'all even know how to spell Kayla Smith, right? <laughs> even though next week you might actually do know. Well, yeah, I forgot I did spell it on one of these episodes. But um, that's beyond the point. Just like I'm beyond the glory. Follow me on Instagram. But, yeah, this is another episode of Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I am going to leave you all with some Joe Budden. This song is called Pray For Me. I don't think I've ever played this. I gotta start keeping track of all the music I play on here, but this is a dope song, man. It's kind of dark, but it just, it has like a message to it, so hopefully you guys can get the message and enjoy it. And come back next week and tune in to Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence when we talk about is monogamy normal? Is it natural? Until then, enjoy some Joe Budden. Pray for me. This is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I will see you guys next week. Joey. Now if it goes to the wire, 
I will never fall, I got the soul of a fighter Walk barefoot over the cold through the fire I thought the toll would be lighter But make sure that blunt's rolled a little tighter I tell them I'm just looking for some peace of mind But they say I'm only working with a peace of mind If I'ma do it, it'll be on my own accord No crush, swear to God I never called upon the Lord so much Play the corner of the club, laughing at the wannabes It's ironic cause they everything I wanna be Wood light a ton of reef, but that's gonna unleash Everything I'm trying to hide underneath all Then I'd lose all I've earned uh, And if there's two things that I've learned What? Is I'm the only thing at stake two. And when you the only thing real Really you the only thing fake uh, Must be time to escape from that And fuck rhymes Might be time to escape from rap Why should I be the only nigga to escape from the act So I lie since everybody just escapes from fact Yo that sucker shit niggas be on I can't dig it Yo won't lose even if you plan to rig it Yeah nothing to prove it No fear I'm depicted I'm here Won't move I don't care to be evicted You don't like how I move, well I ain't gon' keep still Any nigga want me killed, won't leave me in the streets pill Well if it happens, it happens, I believe in free will Just know that ain't how we built I'll call niggas that are dead you for a cheap thrill When the clip's empty, they gon' try and refill And I'ma be the dude to try and stop them like, please chill Y'all know all I'm about, they keep putting up roadblocks I keep finding alternate routes Now success seems likely anybody wanna try me I'm all for it, can't trip me up, won't fall for it I'm just a man without a care Neighbor to heartache, roommate with despair Reminded my past is darker Cause when AM died, I was staring at Travis Barker Wishing there was something I could say to make him cheer up And so I prayed, and he teared up I ain't wanna see him go through that The same shit that I feel, just never show you that Death is none of nobody's business And it just makes you look weaker Every joke is just smoke, gotta look deeper Never mind, don't bother Cause some of y'all are smarter Nothing got sense that if you try harder You get a glimpse of everything that I harbor We all ain't got the strength to be a martyr So to anyone who ever loved me I apologize and I'm sorry Wholeheartedly Can't change, it's just part of me It's not music, it's just art to me Too fucked up to drive, just the car key I don't care where we go, just get it far from me Choices I don't wanna make, but I know I have The world's going faster since my ride or die chose the ladder Looking for a rush out of habit Proof there's a such thing as too much for Addict ain't the nigga, I'm the little ass Riddle ass nigga, come from middle class When you speak to me, show a little class Dropped out of school cause a nigga couldn't sit through class Learned to fall asleep through the sound of a pistol's blast I come from where dad taught mom to get high But she's strong so we still got by When I picked up the drug, why the fuck was they surprised? If it wasn't for your jeans, I wouldn't lust the supply I come from a whole hood, telling me that I'm next Handing me a mag, must have noticed I was complex They say that you a wild individual You just not getting my style, you too typical Everybody got a word for me Shit y'all deem important ain't pertinent to me, nigga Put your opinion with a feather and balance that Grab medicine with the success and the talent match Pray for them, somebody please pray for them Pray for them, need y'all to just pray for them Pray for them, somebody pray for them Somebody pray for them, need y'all to just pray for them.